Welcome to this special episode of Mile High Theology. I am the Reverend Canon Broderick Greer, and I'm joined today by a special guest, the Reverend Mihi Kim Court, who is a Presbyterian minister. Did I say everything right? That was exactly right. Okay, it was perfect. perfect. Good. <laughs> um, and a newly minted author. Yes. So yes. welcome to Mile High Theology. Thank you. I love being here with you. Tell us a little bit about your new book. Well, it is called Outside the Lines, How Embracing Queerness Will Transform Your Faith. And it's uh, published by Fortress Press, um, which is out of Minneapolis. And I uh, had taken quite a long time to finish this project. Um, I had initially thought that I would be done back in 2016 mm. and ran into a couple of... Uh, uh, just sort of um, not really personal situations. It, it became a little bit more personal. I originally intended it to be more academic. That was just sort mm. of uh, the, the sort of mindset that I had about the book um, because it's Fortress Press. And um, I knew that they were starting a trade line and this is what they were looking for was something for a broader audience. But I still had this sort of roadblock in my mind in terms of the topic. And um, it took a little bit longer because I wasn't sure how deeply and personally, I wanted to delve into the topic and it became, um, very personal. And so I've explained to folks that it's, uh, it was a way for me to come out, um, in a hmm. way for me to, uh, understand myself a little bit more and to understand who God is and to understand my relationships now, um, in terms of family and marriage and my church community, mm -hmm. um, the church at large, um, and then Christianity and faith as well. So the book uh, covers just a number of different topics that I felt like were really pressing to me to work through, um, and they center around the stories of Jesus in the New Testament mm. and um, approaching those stories through a queer hermeneutic, and um, I'm influenced by a lot of queer scholars, queer of color scholars and teachers and writers, um, and queer theologians, of course. Mm. Um, so uh, I keep on... Um, thinking about how grateful I am that this has been the experience that it's been. Um, it's been both good and hard as mm -hmm. most things are that are good usually are, um, can be hard as well to work through. Um, but it's, uh, hopefully something that will spark conversation between people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's what I feel like a lot of my writing ends up being. It ends up being very experimental. I already mentioned that I feel like I could still be going back to a lot of the chapters and doing some revising and changing and, and totally striking up paragraphs and starting mm -hmm. over. Um, but yeah, my writing has always um, been sort of experimental for me in terms of trying to discover who I am in it mm -hmm. um, and make sense of what's happening in the world. And and if anything, um, hopefully just a part of the conversation. Yeah. So if it's something that pushes the conversation forward, then I'm super happy and thrilled that it's out there. Wow. Well, thank you for writing the book. Thanks. Um, and it sounds like you obviously have a second book or third book in mind as well, if there are things you want to revise and build on. And I hope so. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I feel like, I feel like everything that I've done has sort of danced around this topic around mm. identity and sexuality mm. and gender for sure. Um, and then around spirituality and faith. Um, and so this is, it feels like every book I've been a part of or have written or co-written has been, um, oriented in that way, but just has sort of danced around that a little bit. 
Um, so it's been, it's been a good, good process so far. Well, you write about, of course, queer spirituality. And in this passage in particular, you say this, so much of queer spirituality is about resistance. And at the heart, this resistance is lovemaking or in Margaret Cho's words, it's loving oneself and loving each other. It's love and it's passion. A queer spirituality blurs the lines between both and recognizes they are intertwined in our lives, even in scandalous ways, as in the opening poem called Kissing God to a chapter in Indecent Theology, which asks, what do you suppose it would be like to kiss God? Would it be a rush, like sticking your tongue into a wall socket? Would you survive the experience? Would it be worth it? What what does kissing God look like or feel like to you? Oh, goodness. That is a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think that... I think that I, you know, we have this sort of picture. I grew up with a picture of a relationship with God being mapped by a very heteronormative sort of story or structure mm. about love. And so it was always um, this sense of romance between a man and a woman, mm. and it would be geared towards marriage and then eventually <laughs> children. <laughs> And then the whole like um, you know the American dream of you know you have the 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 house with the white picket fence and the two point five children and and so there was something about the queer writings and then seeing and experiencing and interacting with um, the possibility of those kind of queer um, queer intimacies and queer connections um, with people that sort of blew the doors wide open for me mm. in terms of seeing and understanding um, what it means that God is oriented towards us in love and then how that models for us how we can be oriented towards each other um, as well as towards God. And so kissing God, um, I think um, I think of uh, the ways that yeah, like it's 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 something that um, the teeters on uh, the brink of life or death. You know, it's this mm. sort of um, you are compelled by it and um, want it so much, and you know that as soon as you um, partake in it, um, then you might lose a little bit of yourself. Um, mm. And I don't think that love like romantic love love between um you know like a hetero sort of normative kind of love is ever really really um expressed in a way like that um i mean if it is then it's um it just feels like there's just something about like the prince and the uh princess you know caught mm -hmm. in the tower and someone is getting rescued and um it doesn't feel as fully present and human and enfleshed as it would um, uh, these sort of more queer possibilities of loving and being loved by God. Mm -hmm. But I love, I, mean, I don't know where that poem comes from exactly. It, I think it was sort of a, um, 
like a, I don't know what it's called when you just have like a quote at the top of a chapter. Um, gotcha. and mm-hmm. I tried to look up, uh, the citation for it and I couldn't find it. It, it seemed like it was something out of kind of, uh, um, like a, uh, not, um, published magazine kind mm. of, you know, just, um, I don't know where exactly we had done some research online, but couldn't find the exact, um, the exact place from it or for it. Um, so, but I just, I don't know, there was something incredible about that image. And, um, and then she goes on, um, Altaus Reed goes on in the book to talk about, um, the kind of passion that, uh, like South American and liberation activists had so much so for their God, the sort of passion that they had for their God, that they were willing to put their lives on the line for Mm -hmm. all these various causes for people. Um, and I thought that that connection between that passion for God and that sort of that, that fiery devotion to God, um, tied to, uh, the sort of political causes, um, Mm -hmm. super, super, um, fascinating, compelling to me more so than the whole, like, you know, you get married to God and you have children kind of thing, which is, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit what I feel like I explore in the chapter on purity culture. Um, mm-hmm. just that, that picture of, uh, of love and connection feels incomplete. It just doesn't feel mm-hmm. like, um, and it doesn't feel like a mold that fits everybody and one that I, I have never totally fit into either. And yet I followed the script for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think anything that's just, yeah, yeah, just kind of crazy. And none of, now that I think it, none of my children have ever done anything like that before, but I wouldn't put it past them. Definitely have seen them like, you know, messing around in that area, like the wall sockets. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I've never seen anyone do that, but I wouldn't put it past them. So hopefully, <laughs> God help us. No, I hope they don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We won't give them any ideas. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you are in for a treat because we will be discussing Outside the Lines, How Embracing Queerness Will Transform Your Faith on our next episode of Mile High Theology. So be sure to join us then.